right, everyone. Beep, beep. Here we go. Welcome to the Traffic Intel Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Ennis. I feel energized and ready to go. It's a good day. We've got a lot of ground to cover and questions to explore. It's time to blow the lid off the world of traffic technology. We have an exciting show planned for you today at the Traffic Intel Podcast. Asad Lasani joins us. Asad is the co-founder and CEO of Blue City, which is a Canadian-based traffic technology company. Blue City is changing up the game when it comes to intersection technology, and I'm eager to sit down with Asad to discuss his company, the evolution of the different traffic technologies utilized and leveraged at the intersection over time, and his big picture thoughts on the world of autonomous vehicles. The thirst for traffic knowledge starts here, and I'm so happy for you, our loyal listeners of the TIP, to join me. With that being said, let's take this baby for a drive. I'd like to formally introduce you to the Blue City CEO and co-founder, Asad Lasani. Thanks again. Let's maybe uh, start this show off with you telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and really how Blue City began. Sure. Uh, thanks, Steve, for having me today. Uh, I'm always excited uh, talking about uh, this industry because this is the place that we can save lives and our planet. So a little bit about uh, my background. I have a bachelor degree and master degree in, in electrical engineering with a focus on artificial intelligence and traffic management. Uh, I moved to Canada about a year, eight years ago and I did my PhD in transportation and postdoc on entrepreneurship at McGill University in Montreal, where my main focus was on active mobility and sensor design for ITS market. Uh, over the past 12 years, uh, I was involved in different traffic-related projects with public and private sectors that helped me to understand uh, the needs and challenges that we're facing in this industry. That being said, after finishing my PhD, I co-founded Blue City with a vision of making cities safer and smarter with our innovative technology. Awesome. Maybe tell us a little bit more about what Blue City is doing well right now. What are your differentiators? Generally, what makes Blue City so awesome? Sure. Blue City is a software company that uh, combines artificial intelligence and LiDAR sensors to provide accurate real-time traffic data for intelligent transportation system industry. Built by and for transportation engineers, our solution uses deep learning to transfer raw LiDAR data into actionable road usage and safety improvement from turning movement counts to analyze analysis of near misses between vehicles, pedestrian and cyclists. Our system reliably detect all road users in any weather and lighting condition without raising any privacy issue. Beside the technology, what makes me super excited about our company is the way that we're approaching these issues with our solving by building a collaborative environment with researchers in public and private sectors uh, where our technology is the core with a single goal, making our road safer and more efficient. Got it. Got it. You mentioned conflict analysis there. Maybe explain what conflict analysis is. Is it one of your uh, primary differentiators? Well, uh, conflict analysis is actually a part of our system. It's one of the insights that we're providing for cities. And the reason that it's important is because for the past couple of years, cities are promoting active mobility, walking and biking. So it's really important when you are doing that. So you want to make sure that you improve safety of road users to reduce road fatality and accidents. 
So that being said, typically the way that cities are approaching that problem is just relying on police reported crash data to identify any safety issues at the intersection. And then even if in best case scenario, if they see an accident and they find the issue and they solve it, so they have to wait another couple of years to um, to wait and see the results of that modification or new policy that they they already implemented. So that being said, this is not really an efficient process. So what we are doing in our company, while we have traffic data uh, without raising any privacy issues, we are analyzing how people are moving at the intersection to identify any close calls over speeding, red light runners, and these type of information that we are extracting in real time. So we can proactively improve safety of road users instead of just waiting for another crash to happen. Right, I like this. So this is uh, this is like near miss reporting. Exactly. Okay, right on. Awesome. All right, once again, I'm Steve Ennis. We're talking to Asad Lasani, co-founder and CEO of Blue City, and you are listening to the Traffic Intel podcast. I want to go a little bit into uh, sort of the history of technology at the intersection. So Asad, you know, over the years, We've seen different technologies leveraged in different ways to essentially do similar things at the intersection, right? Way back, it was you know pretty cool if you if you cut into the pavement of the road, inserted some sort of uh, conducting loop, and this would detect the presence of a vehicle. This was this was technology. This was neat back in the day. You know, you could count vehicles or even get the lights to change based on this input. So these were called intrusive systems because you had to cut into the road. So we then entered a period of innovation with regards to non-intrusive detection systems. Blue City is a non-intrusive technology. These are um, system solutions that you know you don't have to impact or affect the integrity of the road surface. Can you walk us through briefly the history of non-intrusive systems as they've come to market the last maybe 10, 20 years? Sure. So when we are looking at the history of transportation industry and especially traffic operation, we see how this industry evolved over time based on the needs. Road infrastructure, especially in urban environment, expanded dramatically over the past 50 years. So the need for more efficient traffic management became crucial, and the core is the collecting traffic data. For many years, inductive loops were the only available technology for collecting real-time traffic data. The main challenge with inductive loops is it can't answer the needs for more advanced traffic management systems, especially in today's congested cities. So we need to think about replacement to provide more accurate and comprehensive data, but in a more efficient and cost-effective way. Radars became a good solution. Radars can provide more data that we used to get from inductive loops in more cost-effective ways in terms of maintenance and deployments. With the growth of cities, environment awareness, promoting walking and biking, and in general, active mobilities, it becomes crucial to have technology that can collect comprehensive information about traffic pattern in multimodal network. That is why we need to have technologies to be able to capture data, not just for cars, but also other type of road users, such as pedestrian and cyclists. With the advances in camera technologies and machine visions, cities found a replacement for radar-based solution to be able to capture more data. Uh, But there are concerns uh, with camera-based technologies, such as reliability issues in low lighting condition and different weather conditions, where more than 70% of road accidents happen in those scenarios. 
as well as privacy concern when it comes to the implementation of camera-based solution. That is why in many cases we end up with an intersection with multiple technologies, each addressing a specific need. So now at Blue City, we are offering the next generation of traffic monitoring technology that addresses all data needs with a single set sensor at the corner of the intersection. And LiDAR is a key element of that. Very cool. So this is one of the uh, competitive advantages of Blue City system is single deployment of sensor in the corner of an intersection. So is this for all sizes of, of intersections or, you know, if you're if you're looking at a, at a monstrous intersection downtown Toronto, might there be a requirement for more than one sensor? Yeah, so in majority of intersections, we deploy uh, one LiDAR, but we do have some intersections because a lot of, let's say, if the intersection is huge, like let's say six, seven lane each direction, or if you have a lot of heavy vehicles that you might have uh, some occlusion problem, in that case, we just add the second LiDAR. Okay, gotcha. Let's stay on the privacy topic for a little bit here, just because it's um, it's kind of a hot topic right now. How important is privacy right now in the world of traffic? I would imagine it's becoming increasingly important, just like you know most other areas of life. Do you see one part of the world really leading the charge with regards to traffic data privacy and legislation? You know, what's what's current state of privacy laws in the world of traffic? I think this is an important topic. Over the past decade, uh, we have seen a significant improvement on using data to have a better data-driven decision-making and traffic industry is not an exception. Uh, while we expand the use of innovation and technology to collect more data, it's crucial to have a solid plan to protect privacy of citizens, which includes uh, implementing cybersecurity plans and minimizing access to, the, to private data. So about five years ago, European Union has introduced uh, general data protection regulation known as GDPR that aims to enhance individuals' control and right over their personal data. While EU is the leading in those regulations, a lot of other countries around the world, including Canada and US, are putting similar practices. So without exception, uh, these regu regulations apply to traffic industry to make sure that traffic monitoring technologies are not collecting any personal data or biometric data. So while camera-based technologies can provide comprehensive data for traffic industry, implementing of those technologies in larger scale raises privacy concerns uh, by citizens. And that is one of the reasons that we invested in LiDAR technology because data collected by LiDAR technology cannot be used to identify face, skin color, or any biometric data. And this is due to uh, the nature of LiDAR sensor. Awesome, Asad. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, I, I always wonder when I'm crossing the street and I see a camera on me, I'm thinking, who knows where I am right now? So I, I imagine everybody else is wondering, uh, was wondering the same thing. You walked us through a, a nice history sort of of, um, of intersection technology. The thing that's happening right now is um, there's a lot of debates on, you know, the video versus LiDAR, because this is a jump from last big tech being video, jumping into the new, new big tech, uh, which is LiDAR. You spoke to some of the advantages of LiDAR, privacy issues. What about accuracy? You spoke to weather conditions and, uh, and LiDAR's ability to produce better quality data in adverse weather conditions. Can you speak to the difference in accuracy between a video-based system and a LiDAR-based system? 
Yeah, over the past uh, three, four years uh, that uh, we we founded the company, we wanted to have different case study and test this solution in different scenarios. And as you know, we are in Montreal. We've got a lot of snow, rain, really cold weather condition, hot summer. So that I can say Montreal is the best place to test the technology, especially for outdoor applications. So. That being said, uh, we have different cases that, that we compared LiDAR-based solutions with camera-based solutions, and we just uh, could show that how this, this technology can outperform camera-based technologies with respect to the accuracy of road users, detection, classification, uh, speed measurement, and counting. And this is because of the the, the way that LiDAR technology works. Uh, so if you are not familiar with LiDAR, LiDAR basically uses hundreds of thousands of laser beams to measure the distance to the object. And since it's using its own source of light, it can generate precise, clear 3D representation of what is in front of the sensor. And unlike a camera that is passive technology, LiDAR can actively measure the distance. And this is one of the main reasons that LiDAR can provide accurate data in different weather and lighting condition. And definitely, like unlike radar-based solution, it can be using a multimodal network, traffic network, where we need to extract data about all road users, including pedestrian and cyclists. And since it's just a, it's a 360 degree field of view, it has a 360 degree field of view, we can, in majority of cases, as we discussed, we can use a single sensor to cover the whole intersection. When you compare it with camera or radar, we typically need four of them to cover the whole intersection. That's why we can dramatically reduce the cost of the installation as well. For sure, for sure. One location to mount sensor rather than four. Got it. Can you see a place where, like, is there anything that video is doing very well right now that maybe LiDAR hasn't uh, quite figured out yet? Do you see a future where video and LiDAR coexist at the intersection, or do you feel it, it will be a, a one or the other type thing? I think if we just target ITS market and not autonomous vehicle market that they need to have camera because they need to see signs, read signs and, and traffic light uh, with the caller, etc. For ITS market, I don't see any uh, reason to add camera because with the advances in LiDAR technology, higher resolution, higher range, LiDARs, so we can really capture all the data that typically we can extract from a camera-based solution in a more reliable way. The only part of ITS market that I see camera still, we need to have a camera. It's uh, when it comes to the speed enforcement or red light runners uh, enforcement applications that we we might need to read the license plate to uh, issue a ticket. So those are like specific uh, use cases that still we need a camera. Other than that, for general traffic operation, safety improvement application, or a lot of V2X uh, applications, we don't need to have a camera in our system. Got it. I'm Steve Ennis, and you are listening to the Traffic Intel Podcast. We are here with co-founder and CEO Asad Lasani of Blue City. Moving on to our next topic here, Asad, I wanted to uh, kind of get your idea of what the future of traffic looks like. Yeah, you know, you read books, watch movies. Uh, you see people flying through the sky like the uh, like the Rocketeer. Some people say we're 10 years from this. Some people say we're 50 years from that from this. When it comes to autonomous vehicles, uh, you know, again, some people say, you know, we're 510 away from autonomous vehicles or some sort of hybrid system where you know uh, vehicles will drive themselves within 
the core of the city or within you know a certain radius of the city's core and then you can kind of flip back to uh to driver mode when you get into the more um, rural settings but i'm interested to ask you asad what what do you think transportation will look like and let's go let's go 10 to 20 years from now are you able to kind of paint a picture your picture of what this might look like sure I think transportation industry is evolving with even faster pace. We are getting to the point that with the advances of AI, uh, cloud computing, big data, where they can play an important role in operating the cities in a more efficient way. But at the same time, we are seeing new modes of transportation will be available for for people, uh, such as active mobility that we already see scooters, e-bikes, and I'm pretty sure that we're going to get new modes of transportation. And I already see like some new uh, application for drones and robots, for example, for uh, delivery of the products, uh, which they are becoming available, and or uh, even uh, using drones for as a, as a taxi. So. At the same time, autonomous and connected vehicles, so industry will be available, but not necessarily for a single car to be autonomous. Uh, but as you mentioned, for some specific cases, I see in the next uh, 10, 20 years, we're going to have a lot of advances in autonomous vehicle with a focus on transportation, such as public transit, trucks, buses, and uh, delivery sector, which autonomous vehicles can be very uh, helpful. I still not sure over the next three, 20 years we're going to have a level five autonomy for autonomous vehicles where you can start your car in California and just stop it in Montreal during winter time. But still, I think I'm pretty sure that in the public transit or delivery sector or transportation sector, we're going to have those um, technologies available. Got it. Got it. There's uh, lots of talk about 5G versus radio communication technology. You know, lots of technologies that this industry is sort of relying on to accelerate the arrival at this, you know, level five autonomy. Is there one particular technology or, you know, change to regulation that might be required or change in landscape? Are you excited about one thing that you think has the potential to accelerate our advance towards this level five autonomy? Yeah, definitely. Something that I, I really believe that can play an important role is in general V2X, which stands for vehicle uh, to infrastructure or vehicle to everything communication. And again, like V2X uh, is, uh, includes different type of communication protocol for sharing data with connected vehicles and in general road users and infrastructure. And this is, I think, something that will play an important role. So when we are looking at expansion of 5G networks, so I think 5G can play an important role. And the main reason is that if you look at V2X in general, if you just target the existing communication protocols like CV2X or DSRC, so those are technologies that requires a massive investment and in infrastructure. You need to put a transmitter at every single intersection, and then you have to put a receiver at every single car. But with advances in AI uh, in, in 5G, as well as the coverage area of 5G, so I think 5G can play an important role because most of new cell phones will have 5G available. And then cars, they're already most of the new cars, they already have cellular network available, like cellular modems. So in that, in that case, it's going to be just how we can use this infrastructure with the, and consider the low latency of 5G 
to be able to share this information. And, and while like some people might say autonomous vehicles, they're going to have their own sensing system, but this is not enough. So just relying on sensor fusion and autonomous cars, it's not enough when it comes to the massive implementation of those um, autonomous vehicles. And, and the reason is that still there are a lot of occlusion problem, a lot of information that can be shared from infrastructure between infrastructure and autonomous vehicles that improve safeties for those cars. So that's why like, I'm, I'm really excited about the future of 5G and V2X applications. Right on. Thanks, Asad. Yeah, it's an incredibly complex system, right? And, you know, I, I keep hearing the term layers of redundancy. It, it won't just be, you know, one technology, one system that, that makes this thing go. It'll be a whole bunch stacked one on top of the other so that if one ever cuts out, there's, you know, there's four to hold it up. And, or if there's two that cut out, there's, you know, three more to hold it up. So it's it's an incredibly complex, complex thing to tackle. But, you know, in, in that same uh, sort of sense, is the landscape ripe right now for technology developers like yourself, like Blue City? Um, is there anything that's holding you up? Is there are you waiting for regulation? You're waiting waiting for legislation. If not, is there anything else that's sort of that's holding you back right now? Yeah, I think I think uh, there are two sectors that we're targeting. One is for existing traffic operation uh, use cases, as as we discussed, as a as a technology that can be used as a replacement of old technologies like camera-based solution, radar-based solution. I don't think we are going to have any issue with that market segment. But if you want to expand the use case at uh, use cases and use the data for more advanced systems that we don't typically see in a in a traditional ITS market, such as sharing data with connected vehicles, uh, V2X application, 5G applications. So in that case, I think we still need to have some regulations, some uh, sort of standard communication protocols that when you implement a technology, you don't need to change it like two years later. And unfortunately, we have seen this uh, over the past couple of years, as you know, a lot of municipalities, they invested a lot in adding DSRC as a communication protocol to share data with uh, between intersection and connected cars. And now like there's a discussion around DSRC and FCC is claiming that uh, frequency is signed for DSRC. That's why like right now, a lot of cities are moving towards CV2X. But we don't know what's going to happen in two, three years. Are we going to still use CV2R for that or we're going to have another technology? So that's why like, we really need to plan for the future. And this is really crucial because you're investing a lot in infrastructure. And if you can't use it for 30, 40 years, it's going to be useless and you're wasting a lot of money. So I think from the regulation perspective, we still need to have some work uh, done to be able to adopt technology for those type of advanced use cases. Thanks, Asad. This has been an awesome conversation. I want to thank you so much for your insights, sharing your expertise with all of us. Asad, it was uh, great talking a little bit about your background, how Blue City began, how intersection tech has evolved over time, and and where you think uh, this whole thing's headed. Any any last thoughts, Asad? I think something that is really important is to build ecosystem that different partners, private partner sectors can work together to tackle this problem. So this is not a problem that we can solve it alone or just in a, in a year or two years. So this is a, this should be a collaborative environment. And I'm, I'm super happy that uh, we see our community is more involved in, the, in these matters, especially in the 
uh, demand for protecting privacy while we're using data to make our cities more efficient and safer. And at the end, uh, I'd like to thank you again for having me today. No, the pleasure was all ours, Asad. It was awesome to talk to you and have the opportunity to speak to somebody of your stature and knowledge. The pleasure is ours. We appreciate you taking the time to do this, and we definitely hope to have you on again. I hope I can reach out later on down the line. <laughs> definitely. Thank you. Great. All right. We want to remind our listeners that this podcast values your input. If there's a topic you wish to discuss during the, tra the Traffic Intel podcast, whether it be about technology, transportation, traffic control, really, you know, anything with a computer camera or lasers in this case, we want to hear from you. Email us at requests at trafficintelpodcast.com to send in your ideas. Once again, we thank you for joining us on the TIP. We have more exciting new guests and explosive content coming your way soon. Stay tuned. I'm your host, Steve Ennis. See you next time, everyone. Safety forward. <laughs> <laughs>